Well, Ursula von der Leyen has shaken hands with Rishi Sunak today and she smiled a bit of entente cordiale over the Northern Ireland agreement and the pound is doing well from it. Meanwhile, the US is still reeling from those inflation numbers, but equities have cast those concerns aside. We'll look at where the Fed is heading and the RBA today. It's Tuesday, the 28th of February, last day of the month. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar that was pushing so much higher on Friday is down half a percent this morning on the DXY. The Aussie, though, has only recovered a little bit. It's up 0.2%, still around 67.4 US cents. The pound today, well, that's up almost 1%. The euro is up 0.6%. Clearly, a handshake in Windsor has had an impact. We'll talk about that today. In stocks, well, they weren't worried about inflation for too long. Equities are back up, although they have paired their gains a little towards the close. Still, a 0.6% rise in the Nasdaq, 0.3% for the S&P 500 and 0.2% for the Dow. Rises across Europe as well, including a 1.7% lift in the Eurostoxx 50 and a 0.7% rise in the FTSE 100. Bond yields have backed off a little, but not by much. Down two basis points for 10-year Treasuries. Two years still hanging around the 4.8% mark. And in the UK, 10-year yields up 15 basis points to 3.8%, just five added to two years and only up four basis points for German 10-year bonds and about the same in France. And oil is down more than 1% off Brent this morning, down to 82.25 a barrel. So Sally Old joins me today from JB Weir in Sydney. Uh, you know, Sally, it, it took Trump a pandemic and a war to get us to stop talking about Brexit. But here it is, <laughs> back in the news now, Rishi Sunak and Ursula von der Leyen have met in Windsor. They have agreed a deal which they say will enable goods to flow freely within the UK, including uh, over the Irish Sea to Northern Ireland. Uh, the protagonists like the DUP and the Tory backbenchers, they haven't dismissed it out of hand. This is all, of course, happened in the last few hours, so there's plenty of chances for them to do that. Uh, but, um, you know, I wonder if we're seeing this... Uh, the first positive market reaction to any Brexit-related news ever. Because, you know, it's generally been bad news, but here we are, pound up quite a bit today. Indeed, yeah, markets have, have, have quite liked this. Um, I, I think because um, on, on some level, you know, Rishi Sunak is a bit of a pragmatist um, and he's, he's really mm. just sort of come and, and tried to strike a deal, um, effectively changing the wording of the Northern Ireland Protocol. And it sort of allows the best of both worlds. So Northern Ireland can exist within the UK customs territories and it can also exist within the European single market. So, as you said, free flow of goods, which markets tend to like. I think more broadly it's interesting, um, you know, Brexit just seems to be the gift that keeps on giving, but you do wonder, well, I wonder whether this is maybe just the first step in what could possibly be um, a little bit of an unwinding of some of the the stuff that was put together in Brexit. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Well, I to- think you said it when you said Rishi Sunak. You know, it's it's all about Rishi Sunak, isn't it? There's uh, there's an adult in charge, and I think markets are looking at that and saying, well, you know, uh, the British prime ministerships, we haven't had one of those for a while. Sure. Not being too political, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's you know he's 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 managed to get a deal done, um, and mm. and I think alongside that just to show some thawing of, you know, relations between the UK and, and the EU, which, as we all know, through the Brexit process, were pretty frosty and didn't finish on a great note. So I think, you know, yeah. markets are maybe sort of saying, well, this is potentially a good thing. And, and we also know there's been plenty of really good uh, economic research has been done over the last few years 
looking at what the longer-term impact of Brexit has been on um, potential growth rates for the UK economy, and the story is not a good one. Um, So the more they can backtrack on that, the better. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think markets sort of say, well, the only way that things are going to get better is if we just sort of, you know, maybe end up somewhere that's that's not as extreme and and perhaps that opens up a a little bit more upside for, you know, a UK economy, which is pretty structurally compromised at the moment. Now, the initial response to Friday... Uh, to the uh, to the core PC deflators, uh, which is of course the Fed's preferred inflation gauge, which went up. Uh, we saw uh, well. I mean, equities bouncing back today. Uh, I mean, it's as though uh, you know they, they 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 didn't read the newspapers, or maybe they're buying the dip, or just it's the uh, the return of the soft landers. Well, what do you reckon it is? Because it caused no big move in bond yields. No, probably some combination of all, all of the above. But, um, you know, because actually the data overnight were, were good. So pending mm. home sales for January were up a little over 8%. And that's consistent with a, a firming in other housing indicators of late, um, you know, which has happened, I think, as as we did have that, that big decline in mortgage rates, um, you know, over the turn of the year and into January. Durable goods yeah. for January. Back up, back up of getting, get the, of course, they're almost up to 7% now, though. But, but So those yeah. numbers could easily come down. I don't think it'll last, but yes. Mm. Um, and then we had durable goods for January. So the headline number was down 4.5%. But once you take aeroplane orders out of that, the core numbers, so X-Transport and then X-Transport and Defence, they were actually positive. Um, and so, you know, again, it's this whole idea that the US economy – sort of felt a bit softer in December, but, you know, many indicators have bounced back in January and perhaps the trend is somewhere in between. But I think what it really does is just put markets on notice that, you know, inflation is not um, playing as nicely as it, as it probably could. Um, and so we are starting to see forecasters actually lift their forecast for where they see core PCE finishing at the end of this year. And, you know, the economic data have actually been pretty solid over over the last month or so. Um, and so for the Fed, they've got an inflation outlook that's not as positive as they thought, an economy that feels like it's re-accelerating uh, against the backdrop of a really tight labour market. So there's only really one outcome from all of this, and that's just that rates will have to keep going higher, which is effectively what you know, front ends are starting to price in now. Well, so the terminal rate is being priced in, I think, isn't it, about 5.4% now? But, I mean, there are some saying, look, you know, there's always going to be people saying this, but, you know, some saying, well, no, it's going to get have to get over 6%. Mm, that's right. Yep. It seems like six is the new five um, when it comes mm. to sort of thinking about where the Fed funds rate could potentially peak out for the, the cycle. So, you know, let's bear in mind that, you know, the last sort of set of dots that we got from the Fed back in December last year, you know, that basically showed the cash rate peaking out around five, um, give or take. So, you know, the market's made a pretty sizable um, change just in the last little while. And so I think the March FOMC meeting is going to be a a really interesting one to see, um, you know, whether the members of the FOMC effectively follow the market. So we had New New Zealand's retail sales yesterday. I mean, do we have a clear idea of really where the New Zealand economy is heading? On the face of it, those numbers looked okay, didn't they? They looked quite strong until you looked at the real number. So the the, the nominal number was okay, but take out the impact of inflation and sales are actually down 0.6%. So people were spending more to get less, basically. Uh, and this was Q4 numbers, of course, so it doesn't include the full impact of uh, the, the cyclone as well. So there's a, that cyclone has created a lot of uncertainty for New Zealand, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's again, it's a bit of a, a nightmare for policymakers. So as you said, you know, retail sales volumes actually fell in the fourth quarter of, of last year. So they, they were down 4% on 
year on year. Um, and I guess mm-hmm. on some level that tells you that, you know, whether it's cost of living or whether it's the 450 basis points of rate hikes that the RBNZ has done are starting to have an impact. But of course, you know, we know with natural disasters, um, you know, ultimately they add to GDP as, you know, you rebuild um, and they will be inflationary um, in the sense that, you know, they have wiped out crops and the like. So, you know, there will be upward pressure on fresh fruit and vegetable prices. Um, Try getting an egg in New Zealand, for example. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so, you know, this is this will be problematic for the RBNZ that was already dealing with a really capacity-constrained economy um, and an inflation trajectory, which, again, you know, wasn't being overly cooperative. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, mm. a, it's not a good situation, um, you know, when you've already raised rates a lot in a short space of time to be thinking, you know, we get to this point and we're already having to reassess the inflation outlook and the growth outlook. So yeah. now, uh, not easy, not, but- not easy, uh, not easy to tell what's going to happen with uh, Aussie retail sales today either for January. Obviously, December was a weird one down 3.9%. But some of that was, of course, sales bought forward by the special deals that we we're getting in November. So you'd assume on that basis, January will be back up a bit. Yeah, which is exactly what the consensus of economists have, have penciled in. So so the consensus is looking for a rise of one and a half percent in the in, in the month of January. Um, reflecting reflecting exactly those dynamics, Phil. So, you know, November, November was really strong with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. December was weak. Um, you know, I think as the Bureau of Statistics is trying to sort of work through, you know, what are quite different seasonal adjustment factors um, to what they've been used to working with. And then, you know, the expectation is that we will get a bit of a rebound in January. And I think all the um, internal data that, you know, our colleagues within NAB Economics look at tell them that, January was actually a pretty strong month for retail um, and, you know, that seems to be backed up by other anecdotal evidence at the moment that the economy was actually pretty good in January. So, you know, I think it makes sense to, to expect that we'll see a pretty decent number uh, later this morning. And we saw uh, sort of the GDP partials yesterday. Uh, so clearly Australian companies not really having a hard time of it generally. Well, for some anyway, because gross profits Q on Q for Q4 were well up. I, I think 10.6%. The ex- expectation was that it'd be about 1.5%. But I think we can summarise that in one word, can't we? And that word is mining. Yeah, pretend, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's obviously been a pretty good a pretty good quarter for the miners, given what commodity prices have done. But yes, that profits number, I think, you know, really um, surprised a lot of people, just the strength um, in, in corporate profits. But Mining has been uh, a big part of that. Inventories are up uh, a little bit in the quarter, not very much. Um, and today we'll get um, the, the final piece of the puzzle, which is basically what net exports will do to GDP. And the consensus is that they'll they'll add a fair bit um, in the fourth quarter. So you know, there are all these sort of bits and pieces of, of information or the partial data, as economists call them, that help them sort of put together um, you know, a, a reasonable estimate for fourth quarter GDP, which should come in, you know, a little bit shy of one percent. I think is is the broad consensus expectation, which is you know pretty pretty decent outcome. The one thing that we get mm. basically no visibility on is household consumption of services, um, which, as we know, is is a pretty big part of of any household's uh, consumption, and that's the the sort of missing part. Um, a bit like New Zealand, goods consumption we know was actually negative in the quarter, but most economists are saying let's not get too caught up with that because um, we know that that was sort of going on anyway. People were spending less on goods, more on services as we came you know, out of the pandemic in 2022. So 
um, you know, you know some of the information, but not all of the information. So there's still the possibility for a bit of a surprise tomorrow. Yeah, because that's an important thing to know, isn't it? Really, because I mean, because it's going to be my question about you know all of these partials. Do any of them have an influence over? You know what the Fed is looking at. I mean, even the the GDP number itself. Because I mean, what the the terminal rate now? I think for for Australia is what about four and a quarter percent. That's the, the, what the market's expecting. Could that push higher if we get a strong GDP read, for example, or if we see that services cons- consumer services consumption, which obviously is is has an influence on what the Fed's trying to do. If that if that is very strong, yeah, absolutely. So you know. These numbers are obviously backward looking and and we're now sort of almost in March and we're talking about the three months to December. But what they really do is just give us the starting point. So, you know, where was the economy as of the 31st of December 2022? Um, And as it is, most economists have probably had to revise that up um, given the strength that we've seen in some of the data over the last couple of months. So it really just gives us the the jumping off point for, for 2023. And so if it does come in stronger than expected, um, then you know what that tells the RBA is that you know maybe the output gap is even bigger, is in more positive than than perhaps they anticipated, and and that matters for the inflation trajectory. So, you know, on one level it's backward looking and it's old news, but on another, um, you know, it it gives us a a good picture of you know where we will start the yeah, year. Yeah, where we're coming from. Absolutely. Well, look, today, aside from those retail sales that we've already mentioned uh, for Australia, we also get housing credit for January. Uh, in fact, private mm-hmm. sector credit more generally. We get business confidence for New Zealand. Uh, we get some European inflation data for France and Spain. Of course, we get the whole of the Eurozone number tomorrow. Uh, early tomorrow morning, we get GDP for Canada. We get the goods trade balance for the US for January and the uh, the conference board's consumer confidence read. So, uh out of that lot, very quickly, which what would your focus be on? Well, I think the European CPI numbers will be interesting. So we've got a little sort of hint of that overnight. Belgian CPI went from 8% year on year down to 6.6% in February, which is a pretty decent drop. The problem is most of that looks yeah. like it was energy related. So it's telling you that the core trajectory is still pretty sticky. So that might be you know, a little sneak peek of, of what we get on um, European inflation later this week. But I think that, that'll be the big one. Really, because at the moment it's all—it's still all about inflation. You know, I thought we might have got to a point where it was less about inflation, more about growth. But at the moment, um, it's still inflation that I think is is really the major macro driver, and that's effectively what's forcing a, a repricing of front ends. You know, right across the world, um, you know, here in Australia included. Right, we are in the thick of the Aussie earnings season as well. Of course, nothing the size of Woodside today. We get Harvey Norman tomorrow. That's going to be interesting, but. Uh, Aside from everything else, that's it from us. Thanks, Ali. We'll catch you next time. My pleasure, Phil. And tomorrow, it is already March. Can you believe that? I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll be back then. I'll see you. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. 